0: Hey everyone, welcome to the First Name Only Podcast.
1: My name is Celeste. And I'm Shauna. First Name Only is an interview-style podcast where we believe everyone's story is so important that we will only ever give away their first name. I know, I know. It's a little bit of a different approach. And as you're thinking about it, we're still figuring out the details ourselves. But we know this much. We want people to be known for who they are not what they are. In the grand scheme of things, what labels us isn't as important as the details of our lives, our stories, and our hearts that make up who we really are.
0: We can't wait to share some amazing stories of some amazing people with you. The music that you are hearing in the background is our very own incredibly beautiful theme song created by one of our good friends, Davis Harwell. Davis is a composer, instrumentalist, and musician who has crazy amazing talent. You can check him out on Spotify and Apple Music. We're so
1: glad to have you here today. And now for today's episode... Hey
0: everybody! Welcome back to the First Name Only Podcast. My name is Celeste.
1: And I'm Shauna.
0: And we are so excited that you are back with us today. Last time, if you were listening, Shauna interviewed me because we thought that this would be a good thing for us to you know, get to know you a little bit, which I don't really know how we're getting to know you, but we'll figure that out. But you're getting to know us (laughs) through these interviews that we're doing. And if you listened to my interview when Shauna interviewed me, I laughed, I cried, and I may have even blubbered a little bit.
1: Uh, Or a lot of it.
0: Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was good. I was, I was waiting for Shauna to chime in there because I knew she would have something to say, but it was great.
1: You did a great job.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. Um, it's, there's nothing more Tears awkward. Tears are always than, okay. Yeah, there's nothing more awkward than listening to yourself cry. So, you know, okay. it's good. But The but life of podcasting. Now, yeah, <laughs> the life of podcasting. But today, I'm super excited because we are going to get to continue on to get to know each other. And I have the pleasure of interviewing my lovely, amazing, talented, fantastical friend, Shauna.
1: Dun dun Yay. dun! Here we go! I'm so Bye. excited.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be so fun. And Shauna and I were just talking before this, and she said she was like, I haven't even put more than two minutes of thought into this at all. And so I'm so excited because we're really gonna get real authentic Shauna answers, which are yeah gonna be hysterical. They're gonna make you emotional. They're just gonna make you feel all the feelings in a span of like 30 minutes, and it's gonna be great. <sighs>
1: You're going to hear me cry, and it's not going to be any cuter. (laughs) It's going to be so gross.
0: Yeah, just text me when you're listening to it back, and you'll be like, okay, I understand what you mean. So, yeah. But, Shauna, are you ready?
1: You know, I'm about as ready as I'll ever be. I'm just, I'm here for it. Let's do this. (laughs) She's stretching. Getting ready. She's pumping herself up.
0: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) well... Okay, so can you, so just tell me a little bit about yourself, maybe like a brief synopsis of your story, you know, just anything that you feel like our good people, listeners need to hear about you.
1: Oh, wow. Um, well, my story is, I would say, in general, fairly sad, but uh, (laughs) I feel like the people that know me well know that I'm not a, a... the biggest fan of telling my story but I feel like there are instances especially with certain people that it's very very important because there's a lot of background mm. to that um so um no but I mean you know I have a, a mother and father and I enjoy them very much and I have a lot of siblings I have uh, currently I have four sisters and three little brothers um and I'm kind of right in the middle of that my four sisters are older than me and I am very close with two of my sisters they actually live here um, in Colorado with me and um, we are like the three amigos we are together all the time I was actually just with my sister a few moments ago and so, um, <laughs> so we're a very tight-knit family in that sense none of us are actually from Colorado but we've all just kind of ended up here um, mm-hmm. and yeah the the kind of funny thing is is that even though I have so many siblings I kind of grew up as an only child um my so my sisters i'm the only um sibling with my mother and my father i in that sense i am an only child um all of my siblings are half siblings so um my sisters grew up uh, my my two oldest sisters are are much older and have been adults my entire life um my two sisters that i'm closest with we're all five years apart we all have the same mother um, and we're the only kids from our mother And um, they grew up with their dad um, in California. And I grew up with uh, my mom in Virginia. So we were like literally on opposite sides of the country. And so we really didn't grow up together. We would live together for like a year here or there, but not anything that was, you know, very long lasting. Um, And so we didn't get close until we were adults. And like with our own children and, and now we're kind of inseparable because we've realized, you know, the, the importance of that relationship. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that, that just kind of speaks to how weird my childhood was in general, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. um, that I, the, just the fact that I had siblings, but wasn't even near them or close to them or, you know, emotionally either. We never really, I never really grew up with anybody to have deep talks with. Um, mm-hmm. I never really grew up with super close friends like that um my parents um while I love them dearly and they are phenomenal people but as a child they weren't the most supportive people um my mom is my mom is great and she tries very hard to um you know provide what she can for all of us and she's always done that we grew up in a not so um prosperous home and um she did her best to just kind of you know raise us to the best standard as she possibly could um so i'm i she was just busy and worked a lot and just had a lot going on and uh and my dad is very interesting to describe to say the least um i like to say that he is my best friend um, mm. When I when I talk about who he is, I wouldn't necessarily say he's my father. He he's my best friend. I mm. can talk to him about anything, but probably not in the way that most people would talk to their dad. <laughs> um, so you know, he was clearly off doing his own thing, and um, so my childhood was just kind of whatever it was, and I just kind of got by. It was I I lived on survival mode most of my life. Um, I uh went through a long period of time where I was a victim of physical abuse um Mm -hmm. and that was really hard um and again my mom attempted to you know ease me through that and did the best that she could but in hindsight was it the most healthy way probably not um so you know it's it's just kind of interesting and then I, so that because all of that was happening with my childhood, I was kind of ready to get out and, and get out on my own and, and leave and kind of do my own thing. Um, and that really pushed me prematurely into a space where um, I wasn't making the right choices. Um, I got uh, pregnant right out of high school and I, and I graduated a year early. So I was very, very young when I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. um, married my boyfriend, um, who was much older than me. And I was clearly very young and, um, uh, attempted to raise our child with him. Um, that was very hard because while my, while my, um, relationship wasn't physically abusive, it was pretty much everything else that could have gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, just very controlling, very, very, uh, big power struggles. Um, it, it, I learned my place very quickly, I guess I could say. Um, so that was a very hard time. Probably the hardest time of my life is is just dealing with that. And um, and again, again, a hindsight thing. I I think in hindsight, I realized just how bad of a situation I was in at the time. It seemed totally normal, um, but it's not normal. And we'll we'll get into that later, I'm sure. But um, so I'm very big on you know domestic violence and things like that and just organizations mm-hmm. that work with that uh, because of that background. Um, and then about, uh, oh, wow, three, two and a half years ago, I'm going to say, um, I've gone to therapy for a very long time and, and therapy just is what it is. And I seemed like it was just very repetitive. But about two and a half years ago, all of that really made a big shift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And I think that about nine years ago is when I, when I met my current husband, because um, I am no longer married to the first guy, I am now married to a very wonderful man and I cannot say enough uh, thank yous for him, but- Props uh, to Jay Miller. Right, oh, See, big props, he is, he's an amazing person. Um, but uh, when I met him is when I really kind of realized, hey, the life that I'm living isn't normal. Um, and that really prompted me into a good space where I could go to therapy and I could talk about things and I could work through some emotions that I had never even realized that I had. Um, and then it, but again, about two and a half years ago, something really clicked in all of that. Um, I realized so many things, uh, you know, what codependency is and, and what Mm. abuse is and, and what. Um, is really not okay in relationships and and what it should look like because my view of the world I realized was extremely skewed um and I went through a very long period of time where that kind of messed me up um I would I would I was very confused about social norms um And so I had a hard time kind of making new friends and just kind of figuring out what my life actually was supposed to look like. And so um, I say all of that to say that I am very active in therapy and I'm very active in just kind of figuring out who I am as a person and what role I play. I'm at a point um, in that journey where I am. I'm really learning things and really starting to handle things well. I mean, I, I handle conflict differently. I um, I'm starting to. See the things that have happened to me in my past, and not see, and no longer see myself as a victim, um, mm-hmm. but but sort of change that mindset, just more of a positive mindset. Not to say that I'm pushing it out, but just kind of dealing with it head on. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably a very big and loaded nutshell. Um, But I, you know, I just I feel like it's important to say all of that just because I I feel like a big part of me and who I am is just someone that is on that journey and is working through a lot of Mm -hmm. that stuff um, because it really does define a lot of me and and the things that I do and why I do them. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah and I think you know I think it's interesting and I and I think that you process this really and even in the times that you know, I've heard you tell your story previously, like when we first became friends a few years ago and, or a couple of years ago, I guess it feels much longer, but, um,
1: <laughs> we're lifetime, but short <laughs> lifetime friends. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, we're toddler
1: lifetime friends.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think even hearing you just now describe it, like it's so much more, um, I don't want to say confident, but. It just sounds like you've processed so much, like in the time, like from like when you first started telling your story, and I think you were trying to figure out like what pieces are okay for me to share, what pieces Mm -hmm. aren't okay for me to share, and I think that's you know also a really tender thing about our stories too, right? Is that some of that is specifically just for us to know, and like for the people that we choose to disclose it to, and so I think that that's just really awesome of you to disclose pieces that might be hard because I think that that also helps people. And I think you partnering with organizations and doing things to show up for people who might be in similar situations. Um, yeah. I think it's so huge cause it's, you know, it's just, it's hard to feel like you're alone and all of that. And, um, so, and I also think it was really interesting. Um, and I think it's an important thing to point out is, you know, you, um, you let us know about the truths about your childhood um while also really honoring your parents for doing the best that they could with you know, absolutely
1: they, yeah yeah because like i i don't want to i don't want to put them down as people for sure and and parenting is hard i'm a parent I oh got for two kids. Sure. Yeah. parenting is hard and i think that there was a very long time of my life like like i said i I, I, I hate referring to myself as like a victim any longer because right. I, I I would like to think that I, as I find out who I am as a person, I really like to think that one of those things is someone that can give people the benefit of the doubt, as mm-hmm. someone that can put themselves in someone else's shoes. Um, and, and most importantly, I think as someone that can forgive mm-hmm. Um Forget this is what I'm gonna start crying. Sorry, see, um, um, forgiveness is a big thing for me because I've had so many terrible things happen to me in my life. Um, I am not one to forgive, and um, being a Jesus follower, um, that makes that aspect really hard. And um, in the years that I that I have been following Jesus. Um I have done my best to reach out to people that I have deep 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 feelings about um mm-hmm. that that I never thought would go away and I and that's not to say that they have gone away um but there is something to be said about sitting down with someone who has done you so wrong um and saying hey you know what it's okay um because i i think for so long i i put this this super heavy value on saying those words to somebody lets them off the hook mm-hmm. um, and i think it's i think it's the love of god that lets me know that it's really letting me off of the hook and i've i've been able to let go sorry this is i'm going to ugly cry um, I've been able to let go of a lot of that, um, in these last couple of years, because you're right. Like when I remember the instance that you're talking about and I was not in a place where I could, I could tell my story, um, not with a smile on my face, but just without, without generating this, this deep, deep rage. Mm. And, um, cause there was a lot of anger with associated with that. Um, but I do feel in a different place with that now, because like I said, forgiveness is so freeing and, um, and it's, you know, I still have stuff to work through. I still have emotions to work through. I've got a lot of work to do. Um, but you're right. The fact that I can sit here and even talk about this is a complete 180 from where I was just a few years ago.
0: A hundred percent. And I think, you know, like what you are saying about forgiveness is so true. And I think also, you know, like, that is the gospel. Like, that mm-hmm. is a 100% letting people off the hook that you're talking about and letting yourself off the hook. That's a 100% mm-hmm. the gospel. And sometimes I think we, you know, focus so much on, like, what we're learning or, or knowledge or, you know, whatever, but it's actually putting that into practice and forgiveness is insanely hard. Like, it's so and hard. thinking about how you know, junky we are as human beings sometimes Mm -hmm. and being like, oh God, like you gave me eternity with you. Like you gave me, like you gave me this insane gift of like literally wiping me a hundred percent clean, like no matter what I've done, no matter how ugly I've been. And like the least I can do is forgive someone for their own mess too, you know? And even if it's hurt me and even if it's, you know, wounded me in some way. And I think that that's just incredible, wisdom on your part um but you you mentioned something and which i think leads well into the next question is you know that you are a jesus follower and that's very recent for you mm-hmm. so can yes. you explain a little bit of which i think this story is hysterical so i just think everyone needs to know it um not all of it not all of it's hysterical
1: but the, the piece, most of it's pretty- i think, yeah there's there's definitely the key <laughs> moments um, yes yeah. So to as, that. as a general general scope, I, I did grow up in church, and I say mm-hmm. that for the listeners, I'm doing air quotes right now, in church, um, <laughs> because I did go to church every Sunday, I was there all the time, I was on the step team, I was in the choir, I did, you know, Sunday school every week, and, I, you know, all of those things, um, but I realized as an adult that I didn't know anything. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't tell you a single Bible story. I I couldn't have told you anything. I don't know if I was doodling or eating too many candies or just not paying (laughs) attention. I think I actually realized as an adult going back to my childhood church that I had no idea what they were talking about in general. Like I felt like they were just talking like in circles and saying the same Mm -hmm. thing over again. And I was like, wait a minute, what just happened then? Um, (laughs) So I I came into um, that part of my life uh, not knowing anything at all and kind of rested for a very, very long time, just in an agnostic state. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it didn't really give it a thought, just kind of, meh, whatever. That's probably not a thing. It's fine. Um, but, um, my sister, cause my sister, um, we were getting fairly close and very, well, very close at this time already. Um, and she was a believer and um, went to church and um, we ha- this is and this is the funny part of the story um, <laughs> we are very very competitive my sisters and I and so um, we had a bet about something and and, ha- and as infamous as the story is I for the life of me and she can't either remember what the bet was <laughs> um, I'm sure it was something like no, in that Britney Spears video, she had blonde hair or something <laughs> ridiculous such as that, um, and it was one of those related. moments, right? One of those moments where we were like, just just Google it. Let's see who's right. And and every time mm-hmm. we do that, my sister stops and she goes, "What do you want to bet?" And sh- and we'll bet something. And um, and so I was gonna Google it and was like, "What do you want to bet?" And she goes, "If I'm right, you have to go to church with me on Sunday." And I was like. Uh, fine and I agreed to it only because I was so sure I was right (laughs) and I was wrong (laughs) we we googled whatever it was and I was so wrong and um I went to church that following Sunday and I think it was like the Sunday Mm -hmm. before Christmas Eve like my second time going was Christmas Eve or
0: Okay. Maybe it
1: was Christmas Eve, and then my first time, like, going was right after the New Year. Uh, something like that. It was around Christmas time. Um, okay. And, uh, yeah, I just, I remember sitting in the room, and I think that I had this um, This correlation between Christians and, like, someone that was just naive. Like, there's no possible way scientifically this works. Um, however, I, I think I also realized in the moment of me being there, like, I say that, but also I don't know anything about what these people believe. Like, why am I even judging that? Like, I, I say that these people are naive, but they're naive about what? Like, right? why do I even have that association? And, um, it was also very helpful that when I went to church, I knew a lot of the people there just kind of already, mm-hmm. um, very oddly. And I was kind of like, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey. And so, uh, I remember looking around the room and just being like, these are all like well-educated people that I know there's gotta be something to this. And it was right. almost as if, because it was, um, like God, like, knocking me across the head because it was right as i had that thought um the we were watching a message that was by Andy Stanley and uh, oh excuse me Andy sorry <laughs> see first time <laughs> i did it um and he was talking about something i don't even remember what it was but the the phrase he made was even if you even if you don't believe in this whole God thing, this is how you can apply this to your life. And then mm-hmm. went on to talk. And it was right after I had had that thought about you know how people were very educated and they were here in this space. And I was like, okay, this is not what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I, I thought something totally different was going on here. Um, and, and I don't know if it was because I was listening to the stereotypes out there or, or I don't even know what that was. Um, but I haven't purposefully missed a Sunday since then. Mm -hmm. And that was almost four years ago. Right? That's
0: amazing. I have no clue. Honestly, I don't even know.
1: No, three years ago. Okay. Yeah, ago.
0: that seems that was that seems yes. more. Um, yeah, because I yes. connected with your sister, Valerie, while she was doing her. Um, I forget which one she did. Mrs. Colorado is that yes. what it is? Okay. Yes. So she was Mrs. Colorado, and I was working with her on a number of projects, and then I was trying to recruit her to serve somewhere to mm-hmm. do. I forget what it was, and then she you know was like that sounds great and also can I bring my sister Shauna and I was like yeah sure yeah and I remember that coffee like it was yesterday I was literally oh, like, yeah okay this is like an hour and a half we're going on an hour and a half and I don't want to leave but I like literally have to be somewhere like 30 minutes ago and it was <laughs> it was just so great like it was just and literally probably most of it was you two yeah <laughs> well and you two talk really well together which is great
1: So well, then there's that
0: <laughs> maybe we should have valerie on the podcast at some point because right it would be a hoot it would be a hoot no
1: i remember that involved. because i remember sitting next to her when you guys were texting about something and i was like who are you talking to and she was like oh i'm talking to celeste blah 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 blah, blah. we're doing this with the, the church and i was like oh yeah um i was like "Ooh, i want to help out with stuff like uh, can i crash your coffee and she was like yeah let me ask like
0: Oh, that I didn't know that. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Look at you! I you totally like like already... invited
1: myself to that.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're a self starter, so I'm not I am, surprised. I am
1: getting <laughs> stuff done over here. Yeah,
0: you go all in, like, and that's something that. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, juice you drink in the morning, but it has to be something with a lot of like pep because
1: you, it's, it's no, it's not. It's you go all, hard. I got so much going on in my brain that I got to get it out somehow. <laughs> like, give me as many projects as I can possibly take on because I, my brain never stops. Like I also have rampant ADHD and I'm just like, <laughs> I need all the things like I, this, yeah. I can't sit still for more than three seconds. <laughs>
0: Oh, my word. That's amazing. I think that that is such a great story. And I think that it's also the power of an invitation, too, right? Like Absolutely.
1: And
0: I just think, you know, it's so and I think you mentioned some key things also, like that you knew you knew a lot of people there, that mm-hmm. there was certain language that was used that made you kind mm-hmm. of like take down some barriers or some walls. And yeah. so I think it's just, I think it's just an awesome story. And now look at you, you're like on staff at that church oh, man. and you're leading people, telling people what to do. Not that everyone in church Ugh. tells people what to do, but you're making things happen and you're helping I'm people trying. find and follow Jesus, which is super important. So I'm trying. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> um, okay. Which leads me to, you know, um, The next question is that you said, you've mentioned that you love to do like a lot of things, right? So you, Mm -hmm. you love, you can't sit still for three seconds and you know, you, you have a lot of things that you love to do, which like knowing only probably like three or four of the things that you're committed to, I don't know how you do it all and be a mom and be a wife and be a friend. Like I just, you, you do so much. So what out of all of those things, or maybe it's not even one of those things, but what makes you you know really feel alive like if you could if you could do one thing for the rest of your life what would it be and it doesn't even have to be a job necessarily
1: yeah um wow um very recently i will say that my an- one of my answers I've, I've added on the answer of doing stuff alone um mm. i very much fear being alone um, so I I don't I mean I, I'll go to a restaurant by myself I'll go to a movie by myself like that kind of thing doesn't bother me because just whatever okay. um, I yeah. you know um but I really cherish like meditation time or mm. um, and sometimes for me meditation comes in the form of doing um, I'm a big crafter I love mm-hmm. to make and create things um, And so just being able to like sit in a room with some music on and just making something feels very good. Um, But I've learned that very recently, even though I've crafted for a very long time, I've realized that that's a thing that I'm not going to let go of anytime soon because it does make me feel so good. Um, But I think in a general scope, um, the thing that makes me feel the most alive is Mm serving, is doing for others. Um, I was having a really, really tough time a few weeks ago. Um, and I had a, about a three or four day period that was, um, just hard. It was just hard. I had a lot on my mind. I think I was just a little overwhelmed with life in general. Um, mm. and, and one day, um, I had like an actual nervous breakdown and, um, you know, I, I kept my composure throughout the day with, with my kids. I, I've been, a, so I've been a stay at home mom for forever. And I just recently started working at the church, but even at the church, I only work one day a week. Um, so I'm still mostly a stay at home mom. Um, so I kind of kept it, you know, in and everything until my husband got home. Um, and I knew he could take over for my kids, which was at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And I just kind of lost it. And, um, for a few hours, it was, it was just very devastating, you know, all of this stuff. And the only other thing that I had on my calendar for that day, uh, was at six thirty PM. And, uh, it was to go and help, um, this organization here in Colorado Springs that deals with, um, foster children and, um, people that have fallen into homelessness. Mm-hmm. And they have this little, uh, store that I and I use store very loosely it's it's like a it's a store and it's set up like a store um, but people don't pay money they, they check out and they get to browse through items and everything and so um, we had an opportunity I was signed up to go and serve there to switch out all of their inventory from summer over to winter and mm. um, I was like I can't go anywhere I, I'm I'm a hot mess I just feel terrible um, and the one thing my husband said that kind of snapped me out of it, because once again, bless him, um, was you need to go. You need to go to that because that's the thing that's going to make you feel better. You need to go and do something for somebody else. Um, and I just love that. E- even if I'm one of those people that my general motto in life is just kill him with kindness Um, so I want to help people even when they don't want my help. Um, I'll find a way to, to do it in secret and leave it on their front door and run away. Like I'll ding dong ditch somebody with some help in a heartbeat. Um, (laughs) and I think that speaks a lot to the whole crafting thing as well, because normally when I'm crafting something, I'm making something that's for somebody else. I rarely do anything like that. That's for myself. Um, it's it's the doing for others that is the thing that I do for myself that's what fills my cup um and mm-hmm. that's what makes me feel the happiest I had a I had a really big meeting this morning with an organization that I'm uh partnering with that I'm super excited about and they're involved in um worldwide human trafficking
0: mm-hmm. and
1: um a long meeting with them this morning and I just felt so energized after that I was like I hate to say this word because it sounds so cheesy but I was jazzed like <laughs> I came out of there and was like yes I cannot wait for this and just gave me so many more ideas for more things that I could do and um so yeah you know short answer is anything that I can do for somebody else is what makes me feel the most alive
0: that's awesome and so with that okay so you you love to serve people so if you could have any ministry that like you could create or I don't know that you could start or be a part of or whatever what what would that fun funnel around because you've mentioned a few things that you um are passionate about but if you could pick one that you can say hey I want to like head spear this thing what Mm -hmm. would it be
1: If I was able to do something from like a background standpoint only, I think I would say something with um, high school kids, um, mm. just because that's kind of where my road took a turn for the worse, um, because I'm, I'm just very passionate about that. But also, I don't think that I am in a space emotionally where I can speak to kids about those topics just quite mm. yet. Um yeah. So I think where I'm at in life right now with, with a project that I would love to spearhead and and that I've actually considered um, starting and and at least doing something with. I don't I don't know what anything looks like, but I I've I've written down some notes. Um, That's awesome. I would love to start some sort of women's ministry, um, but specifically speaking to women who are unsure. Um, and I like I said, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how you find those people. Um, but I felt that way for a long time. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I felt like that. I just didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. And... Um, like
0: identity?
1: Yeah, like, like with identity... Um, I was there was a lot of things I was unsure about who I was as a person I was unsure about the relationships that I was in I was unsure about what I thought about you know something bigger than me you know and, and God and just all of that I was I was just very unsure and um I I think that the unsureness probably stems I it you know i guess it could stem from somewhere else but i feel like a majority of the time in people that unsureness stems from a place of codependency mm. um i'm very very passionate about codependency in particular um and i and and i think that's why i i specifically say targeting women that are unsure and not saying i want to target women that think that they're codependent because mm-hmm. they're there are so many people out there that don't know what codependency is and they don't know that that's what's going on in their lives. Um, And and to bring that to their attention and say, hey, the things that you think are normal and the things that you think are the ways that everyone else lives their lives, that's not it. Mm -hmm. And this is how it really should look. And it's a much better place to be. Um, So, yeah, I don't I don't really know. I I don't know what that looks like or what that means or anything like that. But I I feel like it's what I'm passionate about because I just I I feel like it's so easy to be in that place. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe, you know. Maybe there's not many people out there like that. It's just me. I have no idea. Oh, no. I like to think I'm not alone. (laughs) No.
0: Yes, no, 100%. Like, I was even just going to say, I'm like, this is the first time that I'm hearing that, like, really fresh. And, like, that you've said that to me. Like, and I guess I've never really asked you before, you know, like, hey, if you could start a ministry, what would it be?
1: I don't think I've ever told anybody that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm flattered. And the, you know, eight listeners that we probably have are going to be flattered that Um, you shared your... That you shared your dream with them. But I was just going to say that I love that because I feel like that. Like I, and I don't know if I said this to you like in our last interview, but I think that that's, I think that's a really common thing. And I think asking like, you know, even people who are young graduating college, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it's like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do when I graduate this degree or I don't know, you know, and I think some of it lies within some of that codependency stuff. I think some of and I think that codependency even goes beyond a relationship and like someone could be codependent oh, with yeah, like codependent with their work or codependent with their grades or codependent mm-hmm. in, you know, we talk a lot about um some of this like next generation culture and the pressure to like prove themselves and yeah. and I but I don't think it's also just a next generation thing. I think that sometimes women and people just in general go almost their entire lives without feeling like that they're doing something that they were created to do and feeling passionate about that and feeling like excited about that and so I think that that's awesome and I think you should do it and I will champion you and I will partner with you and I'll do whatever it takes to make that happen because that's amazing awesome awesome so you know project number two let's do it
1: (laughs) (laughs) project number 87 (laughs) yeah here we go yeah
0: yeah seriously not even um would you say that that's a dream like would you say that that's your dream um even if you don't know what it looks like or would you say that there's another dream that
1: you have yes yes and no yes and no because i think my my big picture dream i feel like a women's ministry would be my first step Mm -hmm. um or I guess second step because I do currently run a women's small group um that I am very very passionate about and I love those ladies and I I think I went into it a little not hesitant but just like again unsure about what that was going to look like um but seeing how it impacts people is it fills my cup with the whole serving others so um I I'm I'm very very passionate about that, so I feel like that's my first step. I feel like the minis- women's ministry is another step as well. Um, to a bigger picture of, um. I would love, and I think this is a way down the road type of a thing. Um, mm-hmm. this is my ideal, like once my kids graduate, I'm an empty nester type of a thing. Um, I want to like travel and just speak to women's groups. Um, Mm. for, for, and there's a couple of things there. A, I think, um, speaking at church, um, so I host the church services sometimes. Um, I, you know, have done video work with them and just kind of other things that I've explored, um, in that space in the last couple of years. And I have found that I am not scared of a crowd, Um, Mm -hmm. nor am I scared of a script, um, which I am learning while going through this process that that is not very easily to come across, um, Mm -mm. that that's, that's, that's not something that's just normal for most people. And so I do feel like God has blessed me with that talent, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and so, and I do think, um... You know, it's it sucks the things that I have gone through. Can I say sucks? This sucks fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. it,
0: <laughs> I mean, it, the, heck, I, our podcast isn't rated, so you could even say oh, something else sweet, if you wanted.
1: Oh, sweet, doing but. it, going all out. <laughs> um, it the things that I've been through ha- have it, it. It sucks, but I do feel like it's powerful, and I do feel like um, for a woman that may be unsure um there's a lot of loneliness that's associated Mm -hmm. with uncertainty and to even have someone that can say hey you you talk to me out in the lobby and you can tell by talking to me that I am a normal person and I am functioning in society I am smart I am confident I can I can live a life of happiness. I'm I'm a general smiler, so I'm, you know, just in generally in a good mood, Try my best. Um <laughs> and if someone can have that type of interaction with me and then I can go on stage and speak to my story and someone can see what I came out as on the other side.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's huge. Yes. Um because I don't you know, I'm racking my brain right now, and I, I'm sure there's a few people that I've, you know, met in the past that I know their story, and it's similar. Um, but I can't think of any of those people right off the top of my head, and I apologize. But the only thing that I can think of is that most of the people that I grew up with um, that were in that same situation as me, or at least fairly similar, are still there. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't feel like it's something that people see very often is the, is the other side of it that worked yeah. and, um, and I feel like I'm a testament to that and I would love to share that with other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's awesome. So that's all in the future or maybe even closer than you might think, but who knows? what is one thing that you're super excited about right now?
1: Right now, um, I, so I'm a part of an organization here in Colorado Springs um, called the Junior League of Colorado Springs. And there's actually junior leagues all over the country and all over the world. Mm -hmm. Um, They're organizations of local women that get together and do good for their community, whatever that looks like in their specific community. Um, Our focus area with the Junior League is um, children that are aging out or opting out of the foster care system. Um, because fun, not so fun fact, um, I believe the number is 83%. I could be wrong. Someone can Google me and let me know later, but I believe that it's 83% of children that age out of the foster care system fall into the trap of human trafficking. And, um, it's because they fall into homelessness. They, they don't either, they don't graduate or, Whatever that looks like for them. So there's a very large gap in support specifically for that demographic. Kids that are in the foster foster care system are at least experiencing the foster care system. They're experiencing foster care, whatever that looks like right. for them. Um, but once they're done with that, they don't really have anywhere to go. They don't have any mm-hmm. family to go to. They don't have anyone to talk to. Um, it's 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 really heartbreaking, but also very eye-opening how important that is to someone um, for like, just to have someone to call and say, um, hey, today's the first day of my job and I'm really nervous. Or, yeah. you know, hey, I, I am going to college and I just moved in my dorm, you know, or just to have someone to tell that cares It's it's so huge and and the mentorship that comes behind that and the financial support that comes behind that. Um, When kids age out of the foster care system, they they don't have a lot of resources and, you know, they're trying to have an apartment and have a job and pay for everything. And they just got out of high school. and They don't know what they're doing. And what do you do at that point? You know, and and without a support system, it is so they only need one little thing to go wrong to fall into something that is much, much worse. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so uh, we have, as the Junior League, we've created what we call the Fostering Change Fund. And we raise funds um, around Colorado Springs to provide uh, grants to kids that have aged out of the foster care system. Um, They apply for whatever it is that they need for. Recently, we had a young lady apply for a new computer because she only had a semester left of her GED and she really wanted to finish it. Um, wow. If their car breaks down and they really need to get to work to pay for their apartment, those are the kinds of things they apply and say, hey, my car broke down. This is so much I need to fix it. And we provide those funds for them um, just to kind of be more preventative for them. Yeah. Um, and that meeting I was talking about that I had earlier today with the um, organization that works worldwide on human trafficking they actually do search and rescue missions which their story is phenomenal we'll have to have that lady on here for sure yes um, their story is so phenomenal and so we're actually going to be partnering with them um this is this is the my dream with them right now and then what the meeting was about um hopefully trying to get some of these kids into inter, into paid internships with their mm-hmm. organization Um, And so that's something that we're working on. So anyways, all of that to say, I'm with the Junior League of Colorado Springs, and we have this event um, that is a week-long event in uh, National Human Trafficking Month, which is January, Um, and it's called the Little Black Dress Initiative. Um, And it's a five-day event where women who are helping us raise awareness for this issue wear the same little black dress for five days straight, um, typically with a button or a social media post that says something about asking about my little black dress. And it's meant to be a conversation starter um, for us to kind of spit some truth to people about what it is that these foster kids are going through once they age out of the system um, and 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 spreading the knowledge about our fostering change fund and what we can actually do as a community to help that. Um, and this, this week-long event where we wear the address has been something that the league has done for the last few years. Um, Mm -hmm. but this year I have been tasked with, uh, taking that idea and making something out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. we have what we call signature events with the league that are just things that we do every year consistently to continue to benefit. Um, Mm -hmm. and so little black dress is now the newest signature event of the junior league of Colorado Springs. Um, and I decided that we were going to have a fairly traditional, um, charity gala. Um, so it is our first year doing this, doing this gala. I've got some very lofty yet very attainable goals. Um, and really everything's going really, really well so far. I've got six absolutely wonderful committee members that are just as committed as I am. And, um... I'm just so thankful for all of that support, but that event is so big and so important to me and I'm so passionate about it. I'm just, I'm really passionate about spreading the word about our organization because we really are doing great tangible things in that community for these kids. Um, And I just, I just want to, I want to shout it from the mountaintops. And so this is my way of doing that. Um, So that's, that's what I'm working on right now. And I'm really, really excited about that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my word. That's amazing. You're a world changer. And I just, I, I love how you're using things that have happened to you in your personal life that may have even been really hard, are really hard, to foster that hope and resources for people who might be going through something similar yeah. or through something that might not even be something that you necessarily experienced. Directly, but you still see a felt need and you want to help meet that need, and I think that that's yeah.
1: awesome. I feel like so. I have a, a weird heart for uh, a weirdly tender heart for that demographic specifically those those kids yeah. that are aging out because um, while I was never in the foster care system, I feel like mm-hmm. I really relate to a lot of their struggles. Yeah. Um, and so I, regardless of you know if they have their biological parents or not everyone needs a friend everyone needs help sometimes yeah. um and so if if i can give you know a few hours a week to go to some meetings to to organize a function that quite frankly i'm going to have some fun organizing <laughs> i'm an yeah. organizer i enjoy doing that type of stuff um yeah. So I'll definitely have some fun along the way. But if it's going to do something to seriously impact these kids, it, that's just like the chocolate covered icing on the cake. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm so happy to do that. I, I have unlimited amounts of happiness um, and willingness to do that for, for anybody else. Yeah. For any of the organizations that I work for. Because I, I volunteer for a lot of organizations. But yeah, that's the one that I'm particularly very excited about right now.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. I love that.
1: Do you have anything
0: else that you want to share? Or anything else that you feel like people need to know as they start listening to <sighs> our show? No,
1: not really. I mean, I feel like... Um... You know, my my kids are a big part of my of my day to day. My I so I do have a son who is the cutest freaking thing on the world, and I greatly enjoy him. He is adorable, um, and he has an
0: Instagram. Maybe we'll share it one
1: day. He does have an Instagram. Yes, he's he's an Instagram <laughs> star. Um, and then I also have a daughter who is a teenager because I, as I said, I got pregnant very early, and so um, she is a high schooler. And and to answer your question that everybody's thinking, no, I'm not old enough to have a high schooler. So welcome <laughs> to my life. Um, but she is officially a high schooler. She's a freshman, that's and um, that's just makes me feel very very old. And um, no, but I think the the biggest thing is just big props uh, to to my husband Jay. He is such a phenomenal soul and i feel like everything that i just said is just like an unload imagine living with that like i <laughs> i cannot imagine putting up with me on a day-to-day basis um a because of all of my past trauma but b because i am a lot <laughs> yeah. i am i am typically, I'm not yeah um, cause you are a
0: lot but
1: no but, know, but i am said. though you know you know well
0: i'm it's, a lot too maybe that's why we're friends
1: that's probably what it is.
0: Because we can shoulder each other's stuff.
1: <laughs> like, it's, it's intense. So I just, I A, I, I feel for him in those sense, but I B, uh, I just, I really applaud him because he is just such a phenomenal soul and um, really, he has his issues, sure, um, but I feel like he's one of those people that just really gets life. Mm-hmm. um and i really I, I i mean i enjoy sharing that with him and i enjoy sharing life with him and um but i i feel like we'll talk about him a lot just because he's such a big catalyst in my life with all of that oh, yeah. stuff so maybe oh yeah you know, and he'll be on introducing we're going to we're going
0: to have a husband's episode because he's honestly a... this thing wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for the
1: amazing support of oh man Brandon J so. Brandon and J
0: they're gonna kill it, oh yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to do i just I just can't wait to talk to Jay about the Enneagram because it's literally oh, I mean, I would love to talk to Jay about any conversa like any conversational topic, but that specifically, I feel like is just something where you're like you don't even know the not the can of worms, but you don't even know what's about to like unload in your life, oh, yeah. and it's going to like make you think and it's gonna make you process, and you're gonna walk away being like wow, that guy's awesome, and I need to, like, research everything right now.
1: <laughs> for real. Like, <laughs> yeah. and Jay is so, like, he'll talk to you for hours about the Enneagram. He loves to talk about the Enneagram. <laughs> um, so well, he's that's be a thousand percent down topic. for that, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yes, it'll happen. But, yep. well, my friend, I, I'm I super thankful for you. I think you're an amazing human being, and I know that okay. even though this might seem long I think we just really barely scratch the surface of like who you are as a person and um, the things that you're passionate about and things that you have goals towards and what you want to accomplish. And I'm just really excited that we get to do this together. I was thinking about that today. That I'm just really thankful mm-hmm. that we get to do this together because um, you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing if you weren't here. And so I think yeah. that I'm just I'm super excited about this. And
1: uh, this is one of my things that I enjoy doing alone. I mean, with you, but, like, no one can see me right now, clearly, except for you. But I'm literally sitting in my closet hiding from my kids. Um, <laughs> and I honestly can't think of a place that I'd rather be. <laughs>
0: uh, well, yeah, no, I, I yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, if people saw probably the way that we record this, sometimes they might be
1: scared. Um, right. But, you know, we're what making it. What are these ladies happen. doing? We're making it we happen, go. But... We're doing it.
0: Yeah. So our next episode, I'm super excited about our next guest, which we are going to be yes. recording just a few days from the time that we're recording this episode, because Sean and I are going to be in the same place at the same time since what, what? April, which is a big what, what? deal. And we're going to have an awesome guest that is. You think if you think that this was wisdom and truth and encouragement, oh boy, you just wait. Until oh man,
1: we you like buckle up,
0: yeah, before we start hearing from Christy. So, Christy, I don't even know how to explain her. So, I'm not going to try to explain her now, but she's an amazing woman. She literally, she's she might kill me for saying this, but she's 65 and she just hiked Pike's Peak like 2 days ago. Oh,
1: okay, get out of here. Do you want to be like
0: her or what? I I, I totally have to.
1: <laughs> she's so phenomenal. I just uh, lord. Uh, yes. Uh.
0: Yes, another advocate, another servant, another woman who's passionate about women. And yes. yeah, we're we're gonna get to talk with her in a few days. She's so phenomenal. we're super excited for you to hear that. But friends, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for listening in and to Shauna's story. We hope that you were encouraged and you know, um, we hope that you get to see a little bit more of us through these interviews. So yeah. thank you for being with me, Shauna, and can't wait until i get to see you in a few days yay till next time till next time all right later bye bye thank you for listening to the first name only podcast you can follow us on any social media platform of your choosing at first name only podcast to keep up to date with the release of new episodes
1: and news regarding first name only Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that you get the notification when a new episode is available. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review, as we'll be sharing some of those in the future. We also just want to hear from you, our audience. So if you like what you hear, or if there's something that you want to share, we'll see you next time. And remember, your story is important.